Thanks for joining me today. My name is James Briscoe. I am an ordained Baptist minister and God has called me to be a Latter-day prophet in these days. Prophets came to warn the people the coming judgment on them if they didn't change their ways. And that's why I'm here today. I'm going to be speaking to you with you about the sin of compromising God's moral laws. The sin of compromising God's moral laws. Let's begin with prayer. Father God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for sending me here today. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for emboldening me and giving me the strength to come and speak and say what thus saith the Lord. We thank you for all that you've done. We pray for those who are out there in the audience listening. We ask you that we might say something to help them as they move closer and closer to your return. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. The sin of compromising God's moral law. In this podcast, I will teach about the sin of compromising God's moral laws. I will define what the compromising, what compromising God's moral laws is. I will define that for you. And it is. It is when you knowingly choose to disobey, break, or ignore the moral laws that are found in the Ten Commandments. It is also a concession to something detrimental or worse that could happen to you, conceding to it, a concession. So, knowingly choosing to disobey or break or ignore God's moral laws. Let's look at scripture reference that I'll be using. It comes out of the New Testament, the book of Romans, and it's verse chapter 12 verse 2 and it says do not be conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye that you might prove what is good and acceptable and per and the perfect will of god you might prove what is good prove is that word and acceptable and the perfect will of god in other words when we use that word conform we're talking about compromising or giving in to something and giving in to something that you're really not agreeable to, but giving in to it. So conforming would be to compromise to something that you're really not agreeable with and goes against God's moral laws. Let's go back in time when the Israelites were preparing to enter in to the promised land and the message that God gave them through Moses. He said, and this is Moses speaking for God. He said, when the Lord your God brings you into the promised land, which you will possess and you will go over to, they will cross over into the Jordan River and cross into the promised land. Then he says, and ye shall make no covenant with them. He's talking about the people that lived on that side or show mercy to them. Hear that? Wasn't to make a covenant or show mercy. See, everybody, these goody, good, goody Christians who are just a bunch of just phonies, 
They think that God does that God's not serious about what he asks people to do and that he at times he will not show mercy. They act like he shows mercy to everybody, but he won't. So they were told not to make any covenants or treaties with the people on the other side of that river. God was putting in place how his people were to relate to the heathens, the pagans that lived on that other side of the river and in the land that they were going to take. He said, no covenants, no treaties, no legal contracts of any kind, and no associating with these immoral, evil, sinful people, the heathens, pagans. He went even further to say, you can't enter into any marriages with them. Your boys and your girls, your young people can't marry any of them. So he even, he even outlawed the marriage of them. And he said that he would, they could not enter into it. These were the covenants or treaties, marriages or contract, and they could not enter into any of those or associate with those immoral, evil, sinful people. What was God's reason for restricting the Israelites' relationship with these pagans who were who they were to drive out the land? God states, for you are holy people to the Lord your God. He has chosen you to be a special people to him, to him and himself. See, they were to stay separate. And remember, he's saying, you are special. You are a holy people unto me, who I am the God of the universe and the creator of all things. So you're holy and you're special for me. And he says, I chose you. You didn't choose me. And you are to be a special people to himself. And they are to stay separate from the heathen pagans that were on that other side of the river. In the New Testament, Peter wrote, we should, we should be obedient children, not conforming to our past lusts as if we were ignorant of those behaviors. What he's saying and what, what uh, Peter is saying, we are to be obedient. See, God wants us to be like children with him so that we will be obedient and obey him. But also, we're not to conform to the behaviors that we once had, that those sinful behaviors. Because we know that in conforming to those old behaviors ourselves, because we know that man is just a sinful being. If we conform to those things, then we'll go back into those old behaviors. So we're not to conform even to the things that we've done to the, in the past and not conform to the people that we'll be associating with. Let me tie the Old Testament and, and the New Testament verses to our subject today. The issue is sin. I always come back to that, don't I? The issue is sin. The sin of compromising God's moral laws. That's the problem. We have established that there are moral laws that God gave the Israelites to follow that transcend into the Christian faith too. So they move from the Old Testament to the New Testament, these moral laws. Moral means behavioral laws. As Christians, our foundational beliefs all come out of the Old Testament that are found in the book 
of laws. That's the first five books. The Old Testament Jews lived in a theocracy ruled by God. A theocracy is a form of governing a group of people. And a theocracy is generally ruled by a king. And the king that ruled that theocracy for the Israelites was God. He was the king. But we Christians are not living in a theocracy. We don't live in a theocracy anymore. The, the Old Testament Jews did because that was the kind form of government and the form of life that God set for it. We are under a new covenant, which will come by the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, the, the prophets of old kept saying, God's going to make a new covenant with the people. And those new this new covenant is going to include the Gentiles. Jeremiah said that, and, it, and many of the Jews could not believe that God would make a new covenant and it would include the Gentiles. A covenant is a contract. God would make a new contract with man and would come through Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's son would bring that covenant into being. We are not under all the various statutes and laws that the Old Testament Jews were under, such as dietary laws. Those are what, what they could eat and what they could not eat, how they had to clean stuff, how they do that, how they had to drain the blood from the, from, from the animals and stuff like that. We're not under those dietary rules. We're not under the celebration days. Those are the days like Pentecost, the leavened bread, and all those other days that they had. We're not under those, those celebratory days is what you call them. We're not under the circumcision. We don't have to have our, our male children circumcised as the Jews did in after shortly after birth. I think it's about eight or nine days after then they were circumcised. And we have no temple worship to go to. So that was all part and et cetera. There was much more part of what those laws consisted of and those statutes consisted of. But the moral code, those are the, the how you behave, what's right and wrong. But we are under the same moral laws that they were to follow, the right and wrong precepts. Thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal, thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor. The other, those are the, the moral laws that govern behaviors, whether a behavior is right or wrong. Therefore, nine of the covenant God, nine of the covenants God gave the Jews to obey are the ones Christians must obey too. See, I said nine. There are ten commandments, but one of them is left out for us because it was a celebratory law. That's the Sabbath day. We don't have to keep the same Sabbath day that the Jews do. That's a Saturday because it's a celebratory law that was part of the theocracy that God set up for them. We don't have that. And many of the Seventh-day Adventists, they'll try and convince you and say that we're sinning and all that. Go all through the New Testament and you'll never find it saying that we have to, you, we have to use the Sabbath day that the Jews had. We had to follow that sabbatory celebration that the Jews do. And we don't have to celebrate their, their uh, many uh, days that they have, like the breads of unleavened bread and all those other kinds of things. We don't have to that because we have a new covenant, and that new covenant is with Jesus Christ. In keeping those nine com commandments, they affect our relation to some degrees 
as they affected the Old Testament Jews' behavior. See, they affect our relationships because they're moral. They, teach, they tell us how we are to behave and the things that are acceptable to God. In keeping proper relationships is what the moral codes are about. And so we are affected just like the Old Testament Jews and the behaviors that are acceptable to God. The behaviors that are acceptable to God. We are to be holy and righteous Christians who are following the same commandments that the Old Testament Jews were to follow. That means that we are not, and I have that in chapter letters, not to disobey God's laws by compromising them. That means compromise. Remember, I, well, I gave you a definition of compromise. Doing something that's or allowing yourself to get involved in something that's wrong or get involved with people who are wrong. But I'll, I'll, I'll clarify that even, even more as we move on. Listen, I can't compromise his laws and run with people who go out and steal, go out and rob, go out and murder. I can't compromise God's laws because those are part of those nine commandments that he has. See, if I compromise it and I run around with those people, and I may not even be killing people or stealing, but I'm running around with those people. If the cops stop me and I'm in the car with some of those people, they can put me in jail just as fast as the people who committed the crime because it's guilt by association. You understand that? Guilt by association. And I'm going to deal with that more. But that's a legal term, and it fits, and it works today. There are a bunch of people in jail because of guilt by association. Let me move on, and then we'll get back there. I can't hang around with people who are active in the homosexual lifestyle. You hear that? I can't hang around them. Are people who covet material possessions, people who like to have big cars and lots of houses and big bankroll and all that stuff, people who go to gambling casinos. I can't run with those people. I have relatives who love to go to gambling casinos and would love to try and get me to go. I won't go because I'm not going to a gambling casino because that's coveting money and that's that 10th commandment. I can't run with people who are addicted to alcohol and drugs. No, I can't run with them and I can't hang with them. Let me share a personal situation. This is one of the personal ones. My friend Larry, who was a deacon at the church and in one of the churches that's that are were in my hometown of North Carolina. And he was a, a fine person. I like him. Larry and I, I go sit on his front porch and we just visit many times and talk about things. Larry had a grandson. He had several grandchildren, but he had a grandson that was a good basketball player. And Larry asked me if I wanted to go. To the games. I said, yeah, I love basketball. I used to play basketball myself. And so I would go to the games and he'd be his wife and his uh, sons and his, his two sons and they would come and then some of their grandchildren would come to the games too. I noticed that one of his grandchildren was dressed up just like a man in a way. You, you know how they these, these, these gay women try to look like men. She was a lesbian. And I noticed that the first time, but the, the second time I went, I noticed that she was there with her girlfriend. And they, we were all sitting up there cheering for, for his, his uh, grandson and everything. But we're, I'm sitting up there with this woman who was a lesbian with, 
hanging with her girlfriend and holding on to her and all that stuff. And she had that gay lifestyle. So the next, after the, that game, I saw Larry about four days later and I told Larry, I said, Larry, I can't hang with a, with a lesbian and her girlfriend, even if she's in your family. I can't be up there in that crowd with them. I said, see, the homosexuals want you to say, well, you got to accept, you got to accept me as a human being because God loves everybody. I said, yeah, Larry, I can't accept her as a human being, but I won't accept, accept her lifestyle. I will not accept her lifestyle of being a lesbian. And God may love you, but he hates sin and God can love you right into hell. But y'all don't want to admit that God does send people to hell that he may even love. He loves the person, but not the sinner. It even affects the political views that they support and promote, such as the deaf culture party, the Democrats. See, I have a problem with hanging out with people who are ardent supporters of the Democratic Party, who affiliate with the Democratic Party, who give money to it, who voted for this fool that we have as president, voted for the other fools that are there. So I have a problem dealing with those people who are supporters. And I've talked with them, and I've found that many of them, especially the black women, you can't change them. You can, I had a, a friend, a white friend tell me, and he was a real good Christian. He said, you can talk to black women, and they can talk about how much they love the Lord. He said, but when you get to abortion, he said, they flip on you. And he says, when you talk about the Democratic Party and you, you talk about all the things that they do, he said, they'll flip on you. And he said, you can see, you'll see one of the ugliest persons you've ever seen in your life. I said, I know. I've dealt with them. I have relatives who are in that same, are in that same boat with the Democratic Party, that same affiliation. See, the sin of compromising God's laws comes into play when I make a concession to people, ideas, behaviors, and religions. Anything that is detrimental or worse for me as a keeper of God's statutes and laws is a problem for me. This is my last personal one, personal sister. I did home-based counseling when I was in DC and I would go into people's homes that couldn't come to the office. I used to go see this, this uh, foster care lady and she had a foster, foster child who was about 12 or 13 years old. Then after I'd see her, sometimes she would have a soft drink and I'd sit there and talk with her. The session lasted about 50 minutes. And then after that, I'd talk with her and the girl could go out and play. However, this lady and her name is Sister Bay. You, if you know anything, you, then you know who she is. Sister Bay is, she has, she follows that branch of Islam that's called the Moors. And the Moors are kind of secular secular uh, Muslims, but the Moors are really operating in the prisons today. And she would go to the prisons and the, and, and the guards and the wardens and everything just loved her. But one of the things that they try to do is they try to tie in the Moors, which they are more like secular. They're not, they're not the radical, crazy Muslim. They try and tie into Christianity and tie that into Islam. So she would try sometimes to 
easily try to bait me into some of the discussions to see where I was wanting to go with it. She would tell me, well, you know, we need to be more like Christians and we have the prophet's birthday, like Jesus's birthday. We are to have the, we can have the prophet's birthday and we can sing songs and things. So we need to be more like Christians. Then she would say, and she would be moving. And I would know where she was going. I, I would not give her her answer. And then she said, you know something? We serve the same God, the same God. Then that's when I would inject to her. And I said, no, we don't serve the same God. I serve the God of the universe, Jehovah God, Yahweh. That's who I serve. You serve the moon God. Allah is the moon God. And I know that's where uh, Mohammed came when he was trying to form a relationship, uh, a religion. I said, all Islam is, is a counterfeit religion, a counterfeit religion. Remember that. Islam is a counterfeit religion because it tries to replace the only true, true religion that exists, and that's the Judeo-Christian religion. So she couldn't get anywhere. She tried to bait me, but that's now that's association. And it wasn't like she that I was getting to rob banks or go out and be a whoremonger or any of those kind of things. She was trying to bait me so that I would ask her to come to my church, and then she could try to bait me to come to. Her, to, to where she goes to worship. And so I knew that, and I didn't allow her to trick me in to compromising my beliefs and my religious beliefs that are firm. And I know what Islam is about. So let's move on from my personal. God wants me to be righteous and holy all the time. You hear that? He wants me to be righteous and holy. Jesus said this also, be ye perfect as I am perfect. So I want to be righteous and holy. I do not want to compromise. I do not want to change. I do not want to do anything that affects my relationship with God and causes me to break his holy commandments. He also said, Jesus is still talking, enter through the straight gate because Few are found on the narrow path, but many enter through the wide gate because broad is the path that leadeth to hell, and many can be found going that way. Hear that? Broad is, broad is the path that leads to hell. If you want to be with a popular and you want to hang with all those people and you want to allow your religious beliefs to be compromised, then you'll be on that broad path leading to hell. Remember, I keep telling y'all, God is a destructor of men. God is a destructor of nations, and he's a destructor of world. You can't play with God. God is not giving out any passes. You compromise and you do this and you do that. You get into hanging around with people, going to gambling casinos like my relatives, and you start compromising. God's not going to hand out a pass to me and say, well, Briscoe, you've been pretty good. I'll just overlook that. I'll, I'll wink at that. Uh-uh. I remember some of the old black preachers telling me that God winks at things. They said, God winked at all that stuff that David was doing. I said, uh-uh, I learned. Uh-uh. Vernon McGee, I went through that five-year study. I learned. God did not wink at anything that David did. He put consequences on David. Even in the 51st chapter, when David came and he came and uh, asked God to forgive him, 
he sought God's forgiveness and he came with contrite spirit and broken heart because that comes out of that. God still consequences. And I said in that my last podcast, God told David, he says, I'm not letting you off the hook. He said, you're going to have problems on top of problems in your life and it's going to come out of your family. And he did. David died at 70 years old and he was an old, worn out man. And that was, he was one of God's people that is close to God's heart. God still kept the consequences coming. Remember when I, when I talked about abortion, I talked about, about consequences. For you idiots out there that don't think God doesn't consequence, he's consequenting people right now. He uses subtle ways to consequence you. Your health will be bad. Your children will be messed up. Your bank account will be messed up. Remember when the, 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 minor, the uh, minor prophet said to the people, don't you, don't you people, and he's talking to them. He said, don't you people ever ask yourselves why you have so much trouble in this nation? Why there's so many problems? Why do, do the grasshoppers come and eat up all the food, all your crops? Why are there your, your neighbors always at war with you? Why is there all the trouble in, in this country? Why are, are all these terrible things happening and storms and stuff? He looked at them and they were just standing there looking like a bunch of fools. He said, why? They couldn't come up. He said, because God has a judgment against you. And these are just the different forms of his judgment, how he will destroy you if you don't get right with him. For those of you out there, some of you wonder why family members that are close to you are in big time problems with health. You can't figure out why your health is so bad. You can't figure out why the grandchildren, you can't figure out anything. Well, God is consequenting you and you're going to pay for it those things that you think you're getting away see the final judgment the white throne of judgment is the final judgment that's the sentencing judgment see he goes to that book and then he sentences you and he sentences you to that lake of fire and you'll be there forever with satan and all those other people for your compromising and not taking god serious and thinking you can kick into the curb and do whatever you want to let me move on you see that how how uh, I get caught up in keeping the moral call, the moral laws of God. I must always remember this: God is the same yesterday, God is the same today, and God is the same forevermore. You understand that? He's not changing just because you want him to change. He ain't changing, as I said in in the abortion thing. These black women think they can force God to change and accept all the stupid stuff they do. He's not going to do it. You go out and kill babies, he's going to consequence you. And if you stay in that and you don't get forgiven, you will spend your eternity in that lake of fire. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And that scripture I just love, obedience is greater than sacrifice. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. I must keep my faith in God. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Anything that I do that I think is, is I'm doing for God, he would rather than me not do it if I'm not going to obey him. I can feed all the people, hungry people in Africa, and I can help people who are homeless and everything. But if I'm not going to obey him, none of those acts of kindness are going to count at all with him. 
because I have to first obey him. And then anything else I do as far as sacrifices, then he will accept. See, the greatest sacrifice that I make is myself. You understand that? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He sacrificed for us. And our sacrifice is myself. I sacrifice myself and I I sacrifice myself by saying, God, I don't need any money but other than what you want to give me. God, I don't need a bunch of friends, only those that you send my way. God, I don't need to be known by people or popularity. No, I don't need any of those things. I sacrifice those things. Well, let me move to my summary. It's not for me to compromise my status with God. Do you hear that? I'm not going to compromise. To win popularity, approval of simple, wicked, evil people. There are many evil people who would like to cause you to go to hell with them, just as Satan does. Satan wants to fill hell up with all the people he can get that can compromise, who are supposedly secular, humanistic Christians who will compromise for him. So you compromise, you jeopardize your eternal relationship with God, you in big trouble. Let me move. However, I choose to prove, and I said prove, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what I choose to do, to prove what is good by the life I live. Joshua said this, choose you today whom you will serve, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who will you serve today? Are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve evil? Are you going to serve Satan? Are you going to serve your relatives? Who are you going to serve today? Who will you serve? Well, or who or what will you compromise so that you can be liked and accepted? Well, I'll close for now. Thanks for your attendance. Join me in my 